Well, good morning to Northeast by Midwest. I am Jonathan Jones. You probably already knew that. I am here today with my good friend, Dan Church. Oh yeah. And you know, there's so much I want to do with that because I, I feel like Dan's been such a good friend for a long time. He probably knows where this is going, but I mean, if you're going to be a pastor, it's not like you are, but if you were, <laughs> wouldn't it be cool to be like a pastor whose last name was Church? It was basically on my birth certificate. <laughs> And uh, it was bound to happen. And, Amen. Yeah, yeah. So, so on that real quick, because I want to give credit where credit's due, to quote an old uh, country song, uh, thank the bank for the money, thank God for you. So um, there you go. There's a, there's a really bad quote. Love it. Okay. okay. Um, so your dad, Pastor Brian Church, pastor of the church you're at here, right? For a long time. Right? Yes, about 30 years, uh, in fact. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, and I've had the privilege of uh, meeting your dad. He's a good man. He really is. And we, we need more guys like him. So. Amen. He's a, he's a great man, great dad. So. Uh, and was and continues to be a just a great servant to the Lord. Amen. Uh, yeah. Amen. Well, I always try to respect the office. So Dan is Dan. I'm John. But Dan, I'm here today uh, with, with Dan as Pastor Dan. He works as a pastor here at South Wilson Baptist. So, you know, whatever you want to tell us, tell us a little bit about yourself. You know, for people yeah. who don't know, I, I don't know everything about you. Sure. And, and between you and me, every time people share, I always learn stuff I didn't know. Okay. So I'm curious what I'll learn. But what, yeah, what's a little bit about you? And then we're going to kind of get in today. Yeah. Talk a little bit about the Reformation and things related to that. But before we do, tell us about Dan Church, Pastor Dan Church. Yeah, so, um, you know, I'm married. Uh, my wife, Katie, and we have a daughter, Lucy. She's eight years old in third grade. And uh, we live right here in Lewiston. And, uh, yeah, we've been married for 11 years. And very blessed to that. Um, grew up in a Christian home, uh, as I mentioned. Not that that's a given when your dad is a pastor. Uh, but, um, but yeah, so grew up in a Christian home, mom and dad, and very grateful for that. I have five siblings, uh, spread out along the Eastern seaboard more or less. And, um, yeah. So, you know, part of my story is, uh, you know, growing up in junior high, high school, um, I had kind of blips on the radar in terms of spiritual growth and desires and then other valley points of, uh, you know, typical or common struggles um, with my with uh, with my walk with God. And um, but th- there was always a seed. I came to a saving knowledge of Christ when I was about three years old, and uh, so grateful for my mom's influence in that. Of course, my dad as well. Um, and but. My my walk with God, in, in one sense, did not, I don't know, it didn't really come to, it's a whole, I think a lot of us know, and listeners, you probably know, um, when your faith becomes your own, that kind of thing. And uh, so that, that happened more or less after high school, and where I went to Word of Life Bible Institute in New York. And, and that was uh, phenomenal. It was great. I, I will just tell you, as, as someone coming from, from Maine as a student and then going to a Christian environment, I mean, it's always, there's always a shock factor. Um, and, but it was a, for, for me, it was a, it was a great shock factor. Um, I knew a little bit what I was going into, my older sister. 
um, uh, went there as well to the Bible Institute. And uh, so there's this little thing where it just seems like I keep following her along because she went to Liberty and I ended up going there. And then now she's been living here in Lewiston and serving here at South Lewis. And then I came here too. Um, <laughs> That's great. So, yeah, but it, my faith really started to grow uh, in college. Started to just, do I really believe this? And, and what is this? Who is this God? Um, you know, Jesus asked, who do you say that I am? Yeah. And there's just obviously something different when you uh, start to stretch your wings and, and whether it's college or you're just uh, graduating high school, kind of in those years before or after um, that, but for me was very uh, instrumental in, in coming. And the events of 9-11 um, shaped me huge. I, I really think that was one of my first really difficult um, periods of yeah. studying the Bible and but specifically when it came to suffering yeah. and into seeing like okay if, if God's word doesn't have meaningful answers mm-hmm. not like exhaustive in the sense that I can understand it exhaustively I, I knew that much isn't possible in one sense but but just something to brace ourselves and, and um, put our feet on to for stability mm-hmm. and to make sense and meaning and purpose um, then then I I kind of knew that like I just felt like well then this Christianity thing's just kind of a I don't know a religious game a hobby whatever however you want to call it anyways but um, so through that time of questioning and studying and trying to reconcile um, you know that that's when really my, my faith really started to take off in understanding um especially the depths of the gospel um where were you at if you don't mind me were you at word of life at this point or were you at liberty yeah so i was at word of life uh argentina actually so after i was in new york went to argentina uh bilingual program learned spanish down there and uh, that was also 2001 so we had been down down there in argentina for a few weeks and then the terrorist attacks happened and uh you know obviously rocked the whole world and everyone's Mm -hmm. and um but, um, yeah, so after that, I ended up finishing my undergrad at Liberty and was pretty straight. Um, I was pretty confident that God had uh, called me. That definitely had my calling to ministry at that point. So pastoral ministry, I knew. I didn't know when, and I, in one sense, wasn't in a rush. I felt like I needed to study more and grow more, mm-hmm. things like that, and uh, which is true today as well, but uh, in a different sense. And uh, anyways, yeah, so uh, graduated with a biblical studies major from Liberty. So grateful for the men and women there. Um, they were a huge impact on me. I'd say one lasting, one of the lasting benefits and blessings was the, the nature and the purpose and the importance of uh, one-on-one or one-on-three discipleships, small groups, Bible study, in, in that sense. Yeah. Um, and the, and the closeness of friendships that come from that. Um, mm-hmm. Friends to this day that I talk with regularly, mm-hmm. old roommates on a monthly basis, some who are pastors, some who aren't. Yeah. Um, but uh, so anyways, that was uh, foundational uh, for me. And again, um, as someone who grew up in, in Maine uh, from the age of 10, we moved here in 91, um, you know, <laughs> it's a hard place to grow up as a Christian adult. Yeah. Um, it's even harder as a Christian kid in yeah. some ways. Um, yeah. 
And so, it, you know, it, it, it was, I was pretty depressed all growing, um, in high school. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, but the Lord spared me. Some of that was self-inflicted by the way, my own sure. selfishness, um, pride. So, um, but to then step out into a world and, and to find this Christian fellowship and meaning and purpose mm -hmm. and, um, <clears throat> was just such a, uh, it was like coming up for air when I didn't think my lungs could hold on any longer in one sense. Um, awesome. and, uh, to say nothing of, you know, how much my mom and dad must've felt, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't know if vindicated is the right word, but in terms of all that they'd been teaching us and showing us, and it wasn't just their thing, right? God is reality. Like mm -hmm. he is the ultimate, uh, reality and, um, you know, and savior and, so, um, yeah, so no, uh, I'm skipping forward, but I've been here at South Lewiston for coming up on three years here. Yeah. And, uh, awesome. yeah, it's great to be back, back in Lewiston, which I never thought, ne and never wanted to be. It wasn't just, it wasn't on my mind. I was adamantly opposed to it for really most of my life. Oh. Um, <clears throat> and then God put desires on my heart to come and, and to try to be yeah. salt and light uh, to our community and, and to, in one sense, maybe give back as well. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Well, that had to be a different podcast because I, I had the joy of having a front row seat as a, a friend and fellow pastor on your journey the last few years. Dan ministered at a, 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 a solid church more in a rural area about an hour yeah. from here, uh, Faith Bible Chapel, and uh, yeah, really. Ten years. I yeah. can, yeah, awesome. and you were very oh. faithful there, and good good people, yes. and you know, good folks, and God opened the door here, and I remember a conversation your dad and I had. He took me out for lunch down at the G3 conference, Gospel Grace and Glory, down in Douglasville, Georgia, and it was funny. I, he, he was getting ready to retire. And I don't know, your name came up at one point. I think I asked him and he's like, eh, you know, and it's almost like he always kind of knew, but God has to. So I just want to say thank you, Pastor Dan, for me, because it's not just being a pastor. I mean, your testimony is a good reminder that, you know, each of us, like, when did, when, when did Peter come to saving faith? I mean, was it in Matthew 16? Sure. Then he denies the Lord. Uh, you know, the reality is it's not so much about have, having a moment. If you do, that's great. It's about the fact that. Do you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and yeah. are, are you living a life that your lips and life match the word, you know? And, and so yeah. I praise God and Dan and I are, as the crow flies, man, probably only about four miles away, but uh, he's right at the southern edge of Lewiston. And for those of you that listen to this and know, um, this is the, and some of you won't, but we are the eastern LA, Lewiston-Auburn, and uh, Pastor Dan's a, a proud graduate of Lewiston High School and his daughter right. goes to... Their daughter goes to our school, and his wife, Katie, my wife, Laura, go back. They both grew up at our church, Lisbon Falls. So anyway, it's 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 kind of neat to, just to have good friends. And, then, and, and, and as a camper at Word of Life Island, oh uh, boy. I believe John Jones here was, a, I think he was a unit leader for some of my counselors. And I remember him coming in, into the cabin. Uh, and uh, so then years later, yeah, God's brought it back full circle. So, it, it, so it's a miracle that I'm in this room with you is what you're saying. This is a great lead into the Reformation. It's yeah, the grace go. of God. Yes. So, no, yeah. that's great. Well, the only so. thing I did want to say, you and I didn't talk about this before, because those of you that listen, I usually have a little precursor and after show, if you will, for, for these that I record, because 
you know, we, we, we do a lot of this that is somewhat <laughs> by the hip in conversation, but we, we talk through some of the generalities. So I didn't bring yeah. this up, so hopefully you're good with it. But yeah. I appreciate Pastor Dan as a friend also. We, we, we've done a lot of things together over the years. And in just the last two, we've invited a, a fellow pastor, and now we're going to have another one to a little pastor's group yeah. we have. And, and just as an encouragement to you, mm. not just as pastors, but it is just great to piggyback on what you were saying, to have christian people that can you know that we can be accountable to yeah. that, that we can share our joys and pains with and i don't know i just wanted to i, I appreciate that about you and uh you know and, and i think we need that as christians the bible talks so much about that so. yeah well and i appreciate it i mean it's uh it, <laughs> christianity and walking with god is is personal but it is uh never uh it's never really supposed to be a private endeavor and um, for too long, you know, it, it, it has been in many cases, maybe you're listening and, and you find yourself there. Um, but, uh, praise God for how God has been growing and raising up godly men and women, um, for true fellowship here in Maine. Um, and as pastors, I do believe the, <laughs> maybe the younger generation of pastors has really, um, grabbed hold of this mm. biblical reality and necessity. Um, and, and certainly we, we received it from those that have gone before us because we, we know that loneliness in ministry um, is a real thing and it can be a killer, to, mm. to be honest, yeah. um, in many ways, spiritually, physically, for that matter. Um, so, yeah, definitely thankful for, for you, John, oh, and uh, the pastors are, uh, around us. Um, it's, man, life-giving. Amen. Well, and I, and I think it's, if anything, it's just a good reminder to everyone out there, don't live on an island. Don't be John Ew. Wayne in Christianity. And I, I mean, to me, I think that is a great, maybe odd, but a great transition to sort of mm. a little bit of the Reformation. Sure. So, yeah. you know, so I'm going to push Pastor Dan a little bit to, to counsel me and counsel us on, on, on some things related to the Reformation slash doctrines of grace, however God kind of leads you. But I'm going to just kind of you know, we, we just celebrated the Reformation 505 years ago. Martin Luther came up. I don't know if you can hear that on there and nailed those 95 theses. And, you know, again, if you're not familiar with the Reformation, a very brief 30-second primer. It's not like all these people got together and said, let's have a Reformation. Mm. It happened really over about 200 years. And But the last 100 or so, you had men like Erwitz Zwingli, John Calvin, uh, Robert Bollinger, um, you know, Martin Luther. The list goes on. Those yeah. are just a few names. Uh, Theodore Bizet, and, 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 you know, they, they basically stand up and say, look, you know, what, what's going on within the days of the religiosity of the Roman Catholic Church, as well as several other religions, but mainly, mainly Roman Catholicism, yep. Yep. was too religious and not about a relationship with God. <laughs> and so ultimately, what, what came out is these five things. Uh, we, we know them as five solas. And I won't do the Latin, I'll just do our English translations, but we have by the scripture alone, in Christ alone, you know, through grace, by faith alone, to the glory of God alone. And, and so essentially what came out of the Reformation was in a lot of ways what is just basic Christian doctrine yeah. that you can't save yourself and I can't save you, I can't save me. That's why it's by grace. The access point is through faith. The person is Christ, and the foundation of it all is the scriptures, yeah. right? And yeah. and it all is for God's glory. And so, you know, what I've been thinking about, and what I wanted to just kind of peruse with you a little bit, is growing up within Christendom, we have seen a real waning of the faith. 
in our own country. Sure. For those of you yeah. who listen overseas, right? I mean, would yeah. you say that's fair? Yes. And, and, and not only a waning, but places we live here in the Northeast, uh, are really a waxing away, almost a falling yeah, away. Yeah, what are we, Maine, Maine and Vermont, I think, battled it out for, what, like uh, less than 2% of the population that oh. attends church, some of the most biblically literate. Yeah. You know, uh, and that's not meant to be a, you know, yeah, we're, we're not trying to be mean. Derogatory That's just, mean, just yeah. just a, as a matter of fact. Yeah. Um, uh, that biblical illiteracy, illiteracy is uh, some of the highest here in New England and in Maine specifically. So. That's yeah. right. So so when I come to you as a pastor, you know, whether it's the Reformation, the doctor, I know you have a few things you're going to kind of walk us through, and I want to let you do that. But I, I'm just thinking to myself, when I was thinking about the Reformation, we just celebrated that. It happens mm. to fall on Halloween, which I find extremely ironic. <laughs> I don't think that's accidental. But anyway, <laughs> we'll maybe discuss that at a different yeah. time. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, I, I remember when I realized that about <laughs> 20 years ago, I'm like, wait, what's going on here? So, mm-hmm. um, Satan's always got his counterfeit out there. Yeah. So, uh, you know, but what, when you think about some of those things, Dan, that, you know, Pastor Dan, that came out of the Reformation, and when you think about growing up in the church and as you teach as a pastor now, you know, whether it's some of those um, solas, those five, yeah. or if there's other things, could... Could you help diagnose, so if I'm coming to you and saying, hey, look, you know, I'm trying to figure out, like, how important are these? And, and what are some of the ways in which we really need another reformation? And I actually think we're starting to see it in our own nation here. Hmm. But what's made us get away? And ultimately, what about these or other things are there that we have, that we have dropped? So I'll throw one out as a question. Yeah. Does it really matter to you? that the Bible is the sole authority for all things in Christianity, faith, and practice. Like, I mean, seriously, as a pastor, is that something that you really believe? Yes, and it is because ultimately the scripture testifies to that, <laughs> to that truth, to that reality. Mm. And it, it testifies that it is the only infallible, inerrant, inspired mm. uh, authority in, in God's word. Nothing else can claim those adjectives. <laughs> mm. um, no one else could. And part of part of the the, the context in 16th century, even before that, the pre-reformers before Luther, but certainly leading up to him and and after him, was just the reality that the the Roman Catholic Church had uh, set itself up as basically as an authority over the scriptures as well. In fact, you'll hear him say that the church gave us the Bible. Right. Um, and uh, it's just a gross oversimplification, uh, I, I think, um, at bare minimum. Um, wrong. But n- nonetheless, that was the context of you had um, you had these you know, the religious authorities, popes, and, uh, you know, state, uh, meaning government and church was... Uh, married in many cases, so to speak, in an unhealthy, unbiblical way, we would even say. Um, and uh, so, it, but going back, it's there was a competing authority. You could not say that the scripture alone. They believed in the scripture. Roman, oh, yeah. Roman Catholics believed in, and grateful to, to the degree that they do in, the, in that <laughs> sense, uh, even today. Uh, but not scripture alone. Not and, yeah. And so, so yeah. Can, I, can I push you on something? Yeah, yeah. And, and just, yeah. I'm curious. I, I meant to ask you this before. If I said the name Hugh Latimer, does that sound familiar to you? Oh, so, yeah, so, martyr. Yeah, but, yeah, so I have a book by him. He's the one that will say Master Ridley, 
when, when our candle is lit, it will burn so much that all of England will know. So Latimer was a was a former, you know, he was a bishop, and yeah. and so not, and we're not here to rip on Roman Catholicism because what nope. we're going to do is we're going to drop this back to evangelicalism in a moment That's because, right. in my opinion, and I guess I'm asking you, Pastor Dan, I'm not sure we believe sola scriptura. There's the Latin as much as we'd like to admit. Yeah, um, we do, but maybe for not not for all. And, and, and so, but what Latimer did is he, he was one of those that, that started to do that and eventually he would lose his life. So, and that was the Church of England. So it wasn't just Roman Catholicism, but there yeah. was religiosity without. Yes. And, and so what I want to jump 400 years ahead now, it'd be 500 when we look back, you know, as I grew up in the early, you know, uh, 1980s, 1990s, and whether it was things like uh, the purity culture, which I have a lot of things that I appreciate about that. Sure. Me too. Yep. Or, yep. <clears throat> certain versions of the Bible, yeah. certain kinds of music. And it's interesting when I think back on much of that, I, I don't remember, and maybe it was me, it's very possible it's Jonathan Jones, I don't remember a lot of discussions on, but what does the scripture say? Hmm. So I'm trying to be fair as a pastor and as a Christian and yeah. coming to you as a pastor, do you think it would be fair just picking apart, at starting at, at sola scripture, because ultimately... Faith alone, Christ alone, and grace alone ultimately really emanate from that anyway, right? Yep. Yep. Christ, yep. Uh, I know Jesus, his name is the word of God, and we yep. could get into that, but I mean it. Yep. Do you think that for most of us evangelicalism, is that something that we really hold to, or is it more lip service than it is life service <clears throat> when it comes to... And what would be some of the ways that we can encourage listeners yeah. each of ourselves to yeah. double down and say look if we're really about the scripture alone then this is what that looks like so i know that's a hard one but that's why i have you do this so you can answer yeah. these questions <laughs> well I, I, as as a as a baptist and thus a protestant um and and one who's been a pastor in a non-denominational evangelical <clears throat> church prior to for 10 years um so thankful for that but that this is a common reality because at at the at the core, I think, John, of when we're talking about sola scriptura, we're talking about who is in charge, and and how do we know, mm-hmm. um, and you know why. Uh, we're going back to the very essence of Satan's temptation and argumentation to Adam and Eve. Did God really say? Yeah. And to twist meaning of Scripture, God's Word, and to twist the very words itself. Hmm. And who ultimately is going to get the final say? Yeah. The decisive, inerrant, <laughs> inspired final say. And uh, so, <laughs> and, and that's no different because the common denominator isn't Roman Catholicism. It's humanity. It's me. It's yeah. you. Um, it's all of us as sinners, and this is part of our sin nature that is bent in unbelief, basically, um, in one sense. Our, our hearts and our minds are uh, prone to wander, yes. um, as the song says. But, but in, in a very real sense, before we come to Christ, of course, we want to be the final authority. It's, it's the de facto, it's the... It's what we revert back to, unfortunately. It's in our DNA. It, right? it, there you go, in a very <clears throat> real sense. So uh, we're talking about everyday things, mm-hmm. um, issues that come up. And yeah, uh, as, a, as a church, as a pastor, and just as a Christian, 
um, it's hard to get more practical and, 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 uh, because this is so foundational and without a foundation, um, you, you can't even put windows on a house correctly. Right. Um, to say nothing of actually living in it. Um, yeah. As one of my favorite preachers, I think it was him that said it, H.P. Charles Jr., that sheep can preach. Yeah. So if you live in the greater Lewiston area, I'd be coming to South Lewiston Baptist Church. Anyway, there's, see, I, I don't pay for any advertisements. I just give them for free. All right. So. Someone tell uh, H.P. Charles. Uh, uh, yeah, appreciate your man, brother. Yeah. He's, 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 a, he's one solid dude. Oh, he's awesome. Yeah. So so I, I just started there. We can keep going down it. But, you know, yeah. when you think through, I, I know you wrote some things out, and I, I, I know it kind of goes in and out. Now, when you think through some of those things, whether it's the, you know, the Reformation, the doctrines of grace, when you look at kind of evangelicalism and just the wider birth of the church today, yeah. you know, it would include my church, your church, yep. but just evangelicalism major, because that's our word in America, right? Sure. Yeah. What are some of the things, you know, whether it's from some of the solas, you know, by grace, by faith in Christ, the scripture, God's glory, you know, or other things that you say, they, they they give you pause for concern that we're missing the mark. Because I, I want to say amen and hallelujah to exactly what yeah. you said, that I can't think of a better way to go. You know, you could go to Paul where he says all scripture is given by inspiration, but why not start in Genesis? Because the very attack Satan did was, <laughs> did God really mean what he said? And what yeah. you're saying is absolutely. Yeah. He always means what he says. Yeah. As, as, as one of my favorite rappers, the ambassador says, God doesn't stutter. Right. He did it. And he spoke, you know. So but when you look at that as a pastor, you know, you and I talked about things. But you think of your daughter. I think of my daughters. You you think of your church and my church. We think of the broader. uh, We we could list a lot of issues we're dealing with culturally. But when we think of within Christendom, if if we if we didn't know the Reformation and you and I were sort of making up some of our list. You know, and I don't know what you wrote down if you want to, but yeah, what well, are some of the me, things that you would walk me through and say, hey, these are some things that, that I'm working through or that yeah. we need to work through? Yeah. So one of the things that, you know, major concerns and challenges, uh, I say this as a dad, um, I say it for myself for that matter, goodness, but is the issue of identity. Mm-hmm. And, and then let me combine that with the issue of absolute truth. Hmm. Uh, that being God's word um, for us, for all things pertaining to life, faith, uh, order, service, salvation. And because postmodernism, very hard to define, but one of the the, the attributes of postmodernism as a philosophy or what have you is that everything, truth cannot be really known. Um, Not objectively, um, it's subjective, and then relativism throw in that so not necessarily the same thing but basically just uh, all in the same conversation all in the same reality so while someone um and in our churches are not going to deny in one sense that god's word is that the bible is god's word they might say something like yeah but how can we know what it says Because there's maybe, you know, different points of view, you know, and, and to the point of becoming really adamant and agnostic or even in one sense, atheistic to say, we can't know what it says, which isn't to suggest like the Bible's been lost, right? 
Like that would be one conclusion someone could come to if they didn't know what we were talking about right now. Like, oh, where is it lost? You can't find it. Like you can't find your keys. Oh, no, no, no. We, it's like, no, we have the keys, but we don't know how to put it in the ignition, so to right. speak. Or okay. in, in this case, to bring it you know, more direct is how, how can we know or, or we can't know um, what what God has said in his word. So it it has the same kind of effect in terms of, oh, I guess you think that, I think that. Oh, yeah, we both claim the Bible, blah, blah, blah. Right. Oh, but no, we can't know truth. And it's like, oh, no, see, because God has actually said he has spoken clearly and that he has spoken truthfully. Right. And to that, that, that very point... Um, that is so like kind of ingrained in our culture and hasn't for a long time um, has had such a wide and deep effect in the church that I'm talking about this issue right now in the church. I'm not even referring to an unbeliever. I know I talked about the agnostic, but I'm talking about functional, functional agnosticism in believers, in churches, and how we have to really identify, and too many times we just don't identify it mm -hmm. um, as to what's going on. And so, when it comes to sola scriptura, the authority of God's word, um, we we should go back to God has spoken clearly, and we can know what yeah. He has said. We can understand, not perfectly, not exhaustively, and that infinitely. God is infinite; we're not, but nonetheless, we can know. Yeah. And just you know, just. There, there's examples of that even on a human-to-human -human level. Sure. I, I think our marriage, John, you wouldn't say that you know your wife infinitely or perfectly, exhaustively. No. Um, and once you know, and me neither. You know, for my wife, and but but yet we know them. There, there is an element. In fact, we know them better than we yeah. did uh, five well, years ago. Married. And uh, yes, so yeah, there are examples of that. Um, that. You know, we need to wrestle with um, and, and help believers identify when they start to say things like, oh, we can't know or who knows or why bother study the Bible. These are some of the underlying issues uh, behind it. Oh, man. Yeah, you got you got my head spinning. There's so many <laughs> ways I want to go. But the one thing is you were speaking, uh, you know, Paul at least once, probably several times, refers to agnosticism. If I remember correctly, mm. it's 1 Corinthians 12 when he says... Um, about spiritual gifts he goes I don't want you to be unaware and the Greek word is literally agnostic mm -hmm. and he's writing this to the Christian church and so the idea is if you happen to be an agnostic out there we would lovingly plead for you to come to faith yeah. in our Lord Jesus Christ and yeah. receive uh, forgiveness and repent of your sins and turn to him right. but in the church we, we see this a lot right. and and so I'm gonna kind of slide down the line and see if this comes in a little bit because I, I think one of the things that I got convinced of when it comes to this idea of, of sola scriptura is I, I think it was about when I was at Word of Life and I started reading my Bible mm. interesting thought uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah reading your Bible you know you become a pastor and and I'm reading with Ed Choi good friend of mine yeah, Ed, actually uh, yes. at the Word of Life Island and, and and I remember reading these words they're etched in my head um, and you Ed is dead. etched in your head. Ed is etched in my head. Yes, there we go. You're Enjoy. welcome, Ed. I love you, man. I'll make sure it. I tag you when we put this out. So, <clears throat> but Ed is, it, we're studying Ephesians, and we're in Ephesians 2, and I read these words. Um, and you were dead in your trespasses and mm. sins in which you formerly walked, mm. according to the course of this world. And up to that point in my life, 
I've had very good teaching um, all through my life, my mom and my dad. I, I learned under guys like R.C. Sproul and Robert Boyce and Martin Lloyd-Jones and the list goes on and really godly men, you know, and Word of Life was fantastic. And, and, and I learned a lot of good things there, but I, I was really wrestling with what salvation was. And then I read Ephesians 2.4, which says, but God being rich in mercy. And up to that point, to be honest with you, I, I, I think, and this is, I guess, where I want to point you to yeah. in something that I think is an issue within evangelicalism in how we come to salvation. I had known Ephesians 2, 8, 9 my whole life, and mm. I always quoted it like this, and I'm going to quote it differently in a moment. Okay. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It's a gift of God, not of works lest any man should boast. Um, and you, you know, and he says, you were, you were chosen beforehand to walk in good works and mm. sort of yes. John Jones version. But, yeah. Yeah. But it had never occurred to me the order of the words there. And interestingly enough, two of them are part of the Reformation for by grace are you saved through faith yeah. and that not of yourself. Hmm. Hmm. You know what never occurred to me before until I read that whole passage in context that the grace I knew wasn't of me. But what never occurred to me was that the faith wasn't of me either. <laughs> yeah. Oh, baby, now I stepped in. Yeah. So one of yeah. the things that I'm very concerned about within Christianity is, yeah, there's a point where we make a volitional decision. I don't doubt that. Yes, amen. We must confess with our mouth. Romans we must. 10. Yep. But when you work through Ephesians 2, dead people yep. don't make decisions. Nope, they're and dead. And I think Paul's point is, but God be rich in mercy... And isn't it interesting that as the Reformation comes out and we think about the churches of the day that were teaching that you could do certain things to be made right with God. In my opinion, within evangelicalism, we have even bought a little bit of that lie within many of our churches that, mm. you know, you know, you, you did this, you raised your hand, you got baptized, you went to church. And those are all things that might be a part of the process. But the reality is, if it's by grace, through faith in Christ alone, then he alone is the one that can save. And so I remember reading Ephesians 2, 8, 9 a little differently. For by grace are you saved through faith and that neither one of yourself. Mm, mm. So God gives me the opportunity to believe and I look and I assent to belief in Christ. Now I know we're going opening up a ditch here, but the reality is, in my opinion, I think we have manufactured much of Christianity within the church. And I guess as a Christian, as a pastor, I would come to you and say, when I think of the Reformation, isn't that part of what they were attacking within the religiosity of the day? And is it possible that, that, that we have tried to manufacture Christianity where the reality is God alone is the one that saves people? Yeah. Our job is to get the gospel out. We believe we should preach to all people. Yeah. We know God wants all people to be saved. The Bible says that. We know yeah. all will not be saved. Yeah. And and so, it, I, I, you know, I know it's sort of a huge question, but when I think about those, I, it, it really, I, I worry because Jesus himself says, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, and I will yeah. say, I never knew you. Yeah. And I, as I read that, I've been trained in the church my whole life, and it was like the first time the light bulb went on, yeah. and I realized what you said, that I was prone to wander, and I recognized that my wickedness was yeah. really wicked, yeah. and God's mercy was really great, yeah. and his grace and faith, you know, so I don't know, can you talk me through that as a pastor, like, yeah. Do you see that as an as an issue that yes. that, that that we're kind of we're starting to see a resurgence 
of focusing, and that's why yeah. I love the Reformation, but I don't want to yeah. put words in your mouth. Yeah, well, I, you're, you're dead on, and, and this continues to be something that maybe I've only been able to recover in my, in my own life, but also um, pastorally in how I disciple. Because inevitably, when someone comes to know the Lord, I shouldn't say inevitably, but lots of times, <laughs> um, the person who's come to know the Lord, who's maybe a young believer or someone who just hasn't been discipled, they will doubt their salvation. They will ask me, how do I know? How can I know? And inevitably, they want to go to the evidences of their faith, hmm. the fruit, yeah. which I I think is good. Amen. But what was lacking many times, and lacked in my own life though, was, okay, the fruit is important, because scripture says that we're going to have fruit. A true born-again believer is going to have fruit in their life. Faith without works is, je- is dead, James 2. And so yes and amen. But through the scriptures, the foundation and what is most important and most life-giving, most joy-giving, most peace-giving is the confidence that it was Christ alone who saved me. His works, his life, his works, and especially, of course, the work of of, of the cross and the resurrection. And so bringing someone from, okay, here's the fruit, which demonstrates evidence, and yes, it's a biblical category, good to disciple there. But for believers, it has become too, it has neglected this more important category, biblical, and one that really comes before the fruit, which is the root. And the roots go back to God and God alone, grace and grace alone, the gospel, cross, and that is what gives life-giving. And so I've learned to, from many others, uh, certainly not uh, from me originally, but is to ask believers, no matter their, how long uh, they've been saved, but especially new ones, is what is the confidence? Mm-hmm. On what basis? On what, what is your confidence? What is the basis of your confidence? We use words like basis because we're talking about the base of something, the foundation. Yeah. So we're not talking about fruit. Fruit isn't a part of the basis. I know right. mixed metaphor building in you know, plants, but I wasn't good in biology, so leave me alone. So, <laughs> But you get the point of going back to what comes first, and God himself comes first, and the gospel and Amen. his initiation to us, and the kind of life-giving peace and joy and gratitude um, so that, because it, it, it that is the ultimate answer Amen. of how can we bless each other? How can we receive the blessing from God of assurance of salvation and just the joy? It is going back to the gospel, which is what God has done, not what we have done, even after we got saved, though necessary and good. That's a whole other category and in, in one that falls under the lordship of Jesus for sure. Yeah. But this is to your point of, oh, well, I signed my name here. Um, I even got baptized. Now, baptism's meant to be <laughs> bring things full circle in some ways from a public testimony point yeah. of view. We'll save that for another time. But nonetheless, pointing to things done after conversion is not the basis of our salvation. 
And, and is it like when you talk about, you know, that, that passage, for those who may not know it, that Paul follows that line because he talks about, you know, you know, total depravity, I would actually argue total inability. We can talk about that sometime. <laughs> sure. But the fact that we can't save ourselves, yes. because if there's any ability within us, then it becomes about us anyway. Yeah. And I think Paul argues that that's why it's God being rich in mercy. And then yeah. he says, for by grace you're saved through faith. And don't misunderstand us. We do make a decision. We're not suggesting yes. that. What we're yes. saying is God has to be the first starter. He yeah. sticks the key in the ignition, opens our eyes, and then we go, oh my, how glorious is Christ. Yeah. And then I love at the end, he goes, for you were his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works. Yeah. And I think that flies right into the Reformation and in the faith. Good works are never, ever anything that assent to salvation. They're a cause because of salvation, yeah. right? Because you're saved. Yeah. Um, so I, I had a quote I shared Sunday with the church. I wanted to see if you would agree with it from uh, Charles Spurgeoni, also known as Charles Spurgeon, <laughs> yes. okay. the Prince of Preachers. Good old Chuck. And he says this, he says, preach Christ and Christ <laughs> and Christ and Christ, nothing but Christ. Yeah. And I, boy, I, isn't that like the heart of kind of what we're, so, you know, our, our time, we'll have to have like 86 parts to this, um, but <laughs> yeah. I, 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 we, we have a few minutes left. I, I don't want to, we don't have to stop there. I, yeah. I want to say amen to all the things you're saying. Sure. I, I want to add this just as something, how real this gets. One of my daughters uh, with us, you, you know which one, the oldest, uh, was really struggling with her salvation. And at least for me, when God, I'm not saying I don't ever have doubts. Uh, we're, we're humans. We yeah. doubt from time to time. Yeah. But I've noticed over the years, the more that things like what came out of the Reformation become deeper in my life, the less the doubts come in because the more bigger Christ is in my heart, yeah. right? And I remember my daughter through tears asking my wife and I, Daddy, uh, Mommy, just tell me I'm a Christian. Mm. And so I, you know, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I've kind of gotten to the point, even in the local church, where I try never to tell people they're Christians, uh, but just to point them to Christ. <laughs> and I think, you know, if they say they are, then hallelujah yeah. and encourage them. But if we and, can and, talk someone out of it, then that's a yeah. problem, you know? And yeah, yeah. That's so good. Um, I, I just, amen and amen to that, because at the end of the day, we... I, I want to make something clear. It is not just um, the, the the work of Christ that is the basis of salvation. It is obviously, but faith, faith, mm -hmm. and that's where we get to the to our response is how. So then I would ask someone, and I have, and this is what I do: Do you present tense? I'm not trying to ask them. Did they feel? Do they remember? Some people may not remember what they if they made a decision if they whatever they got baptized or salvation night you know 20 30 years ago i don't know but i don't necessarily need to know that per se mm -hmm. what we can and biblically can ask is what do you believe is your faith your belief your trust mm -hmm. in christ Amen. his work his death burial resurrection for your sins in your place that he rose yeah. again Amen. and if they say yes Amen. i believe that now well then that means at some point they chose to believe and trust in Christ in the past. Right. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we can get into, you know, well, oh, when did that happen? Well, again, that's missing the point because even that is trying to go back to, well, what if I didn't feel it? You know, because right. people have that. And that's a legitimate thing. That's fine. But what we're trying to do and what Scripture, more importantly, calls us to do is to, to go back to Christ, which gives us wonderful 
assurance in terms of how he's worked in our life. Amen. You know. Amen. I love it. I love it. So, like I said, if you're in the greater Lewiston area, I mean, you're always welcome to come to my church, but I am, you know, come to Dan, come to Pastor Dan's <laughs> church, come hear him preach. So, so we got a few minutes left now yeah. as we kind of finish. I know you made a few notes. When you think of, you know, other things that kind of, you know, they're on your heart and you say, hey, look, these are things that in Christendom that, you know, whether they're things that you, they concern you or things that you'd say, look, these are kind of important. I mean, you know, we're, we're kind of bouncing around the, the gym a little bit here, just yeah. giving some yeah. some wider, I mean, yeah. my gracious, we could have taken the whole thing on Sola Scriptura. Yes. Yeah. You know, yeah. what 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 are some things that, you know, so Pastor Dan, that, that are on your heart as a pastor, um, you know, and, and again, I'm not asking for South Lewis Center for Lisbon Falls, sure. but just in general, you know, you grew up in the church sure. and you're now a pastor, you have a daughter, you have a wife. Yeah. Um, you know, if you were talking to me as a fellow pastor, another Christian said, hey, look, these are some things I see within Christianity yeah. that, um, you know, that either A, are going to be some issues down the road or are right now. What, what would some of those be? Things that we well, can focus on. Yeah. So, you know, the, the big mass, massive challenges, identity, mm-hmm. um, challenges of massive anxiety, mm-hmm. depression, in astronomically high rates of young people. Um, And then identity. So with these things, then you have to take a deep breath. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Because it's overwhelming um, up here in New England. If you're not from New England, um, and maybe you're not experiencing some of the pressure of identity, not just identity politics, but, uh, you know, transgender uh, ideology and uh, a lot of that, that what we're seeing um, and, and similar things in our, it's so important for us to go back to, to God, uh, to go back to God being the one who has not just the true story, yes, but the better story. Right. And, and he's the one who actually gives us our identity. He's the one who's made us. And to speak, because people are going to wrestle um, and and search for these questions and these answers. They're going to search for a way to justify themselves until they come to an end, hopefully, and find that only God can justify them. And so we need to give the true and better story of God, His Word, the Gospel especially. And as it relates to, um, I think as moms and dads, oh my goodness, I just hope and pray and may we all work to... To love, teach, train, inspire our children, our young people (sighs) to find their identity in God and being made in his image, in his likeness, male and female, wonderfully and fearfully made. They were not born a mistake. Mm -hmm. God loves them. He made them. For, a, for his purposes, Amen. and it's his purposes that are ultimately going to satisfy and yeah. do satisfy, right. and, and in the ways that we don't live that out, may we live real humble. Mm-hmm. I mean, just like, like a childlike faith of owning our sin with our young people, with our kids, owning repentance, and going to the foot, the feet, <laughs> of Christ, going to the foot of the cross with them and demonstrating that all this truth that we've been talking about is so important and we must receive it by faith and live out by his grace, that power that he gives us through his spirit. And when we sin, if we still sin, 
<laughs> which I think probably still happens, if yeah. I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah. We go to our Savior. Jesus stands alone. Preach Christ, Christ, and Christ. Christ alone stands alone as the only perfect one. Yeah. No one is perfect but God, but he is, and he has called us in his grace to him. And um, the, the, these kinds of issues are just huge for what's going on. And God's word has the only true answers, the best answers. And I'll just tell you, as we talk about it, I don't know who said it first, but if we don't disciple our kids, someone will. They, in fact, they already are. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, that, that's, uh, yeah, that's, uh, boy, I got a lot of work to do now. Yeah. Amen. Amen. By God's no, grace. No, I love that's, it. Uh, well, you're right. I mean, and in one sense, you know, when you look at the Bible, I, the one thing I'm thinking about identity is, again, Solomon knew what he was talking about. Nothing new under the sun. Yeah. You know, yes. I mean, the early church definitely struggled with identity. Mm. Uh, maybe in a different way. Sure. You know, but yeah. I mean, you know, you look at, I was talking to somebody the other day. Uh, this is the other thing that I'll just say to close, and you can comment about this. I, I hear this a lot within, you know, our local churches that I wish we didn't have issues. And I know at South Lewiston, you never have issues. But yeah. we, we have them now and then at Lisbon Falls. Yeah. And the reason we have issues is they have a guy like me as their pastor because I'm imperfect and it's made up of people. That's right. But, you know, somebody made the, the comments made. I've even thought it myself, like, why can't we just, you know, not have issues? And then the thought occurred to me when you read the New Testament. <laughs> Do you know mm. of a book written in the New Testament that didn't have pretty major issues, either in doctrine or in practice? And in some cases, lest we go south for sake of time, books like First Corinthians have issues that we don't even really want to even talk about on my oh, podcast today. <laughs> so, and these were named in the local church. Yeah. And part yes. of that is because there yeah. are people in our churches that um, are unregenerate. It's yeah. been that way in every church. Sure. Yeah. And part of it is because there are people in our churches that are just people. Yeah. And people make mistakes. Yeah. Even Paul and Barnabas had issues. And so, you know, I, I think that's why when I come back to bring us full circle, I love the stuff like mm. the Reformation and the mm. doctrines of grace because they remind me that mm. if it's through the scripture alone, through Christ alone, by grace alone and faith alone, then Jonathan Jones alone surely didn't, couldn't, wouldn't, and shouldn't ever do this by himself. And my whole life is to be lived to God's glory alone. And, you know, so when I think of things in the local church, um, I think to myself, we're never going to have a perfect church. Um, and so God, even in his wisdom, set out the whole New Testament <laughs> where yeah. he basically was like, hey, let me show you what the plan is. <laughs> yeah. But you guys are going to always deviate from it. But here's what, I, you know, so. Yeah. And I, I'm with you because uh, I'll just say this. I have learned so much about myself um, as a Christian, but by being a pastor and in marriage as well. And I am was naively optimistic, number one, about me, about myself. About my own growth, my own rate of growth, <laughs> um, and as well as in some ways uh, the the work of ministry uh, itself, and uh, that that's you don't read the Bible honestly, and then come away with you know man's basically pretty good, right? Or you don't come away with boy I'm gonna hang out with a bunch of people for the rest of my life <laughs> on a weekly basis. And uh, I, I think it's going to go great without any problems. Like, you just <laughs> never 
can read the Bible and come away with those kinds of conclusions. And praise God, he, he did not set us up to be naively optimistic, um, but rather to be hopeful in his grace and his word, but also, to, of course, to be realistic about, number one, our own sin. And uh, but that's that that's the nature of of uh, of, re- of church and of living yeah. for Christ. And uh, but better yet, that's uh, that's where grace abounds all the more. I I think it's just I want to say thank you to you again for for taking the time. And if thank anything, you for having me. You know, yeah. my, my hope and my prayer is that people understand that you know we could just you know call this two dudes called to serve Christ. I don't know, yeah. but but <laughs> yeah. you know we do have these kind of conversations as pastors yeah. and. You know, trying to figure it out. And the reality is also we're, we're people. We're in progress. And I love yeah. what you said. You know, I remember when I came to Lisbon Falls, you know, you have all these things that, that, that you feel like you want to do. And God has been very gracious to us. But over the years, I, I feel like it's just like my marriage. I, I think my wife has probably taught me more than I will ever teach her, at least from my perspective. Mm-hmm. And the local church, and, and I'm sure you say the same, I, I hope God's used me to teach them a few things. But by and large, they've been a great teacher for me. They've been very patient and loving and kind. And what's great about it is we don't always agree. And yet the beauty of genuine salvation is reconciliation. And I think that that's the beauty of the local church, that we're meant to be an imperfect picture uh, of our perfect husband, and that is Jesus Christ, you know? And so... Um, so as a local pastor, I would plead with you. I'm sure Dan would. If it's not at our church, find one. And if you yeah. find a perfect church, leave. Because <laughs> yeah. you'll ruin it. That's why we... <laughs> That's so, right. That's so, right. So well, yeah. one final thing before we close. It, do you have any like, either if it's a Bible verse or a specific quote in your life that you say, hey, this is kind of something... Like, like I always think of, uh, there's one from Adoniram Judson where, where I think it's, uh, no, it's William Borden where he says, no reserves, no retreats, no regrets. And, uh, yeah, you know, I, my dad taught me that one and I always like yeah. that. And, you know, like w- one of my favorite verses, I- I'll just leave it because I want you to give it, but I, I yep. love Ephesians, uh, two, eight, nine, Titus three, five is probably my favorite. And it just starts out with this, not by works of righteousness. Um, mm. And, you know, and, and so when we think of Pastor Dan Church, you know, when you kind of come back to your center and you talk about repenting and, you know, what, what is it, you know, a phrase, a quote you want to leave us with, a verse um, as we close I mean, today? so the, the verse that I was in last week, um, some verses in, in Philippians chapter 3, and uh, Paul said, um, verse 9, he says, that, that I be found in him not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, good works, obedience of Old Testament commandments, uh, old, the Old Covenant, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith. And I love that. He drops down, and then he says this. He says, not that I've already obtained this, meaning uh, like ultimate perfection, but he says, or am already perfect, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own Hmm. and i just love the switch the juxtaposition of what christ has done in the past and therefore i can and will press forward and go forward but if we reverse those to press forward so that christ will make me my own now we've we've lost the gospel Hmm. and that's not the gospel and so uh that's just been a, a wonderful passage to come um and then i'll i'll close with this luther shared it last week the law says do this and is never done. 
Grace says, believe in this and everything is already done. Hmm. Wow. Whew. I can almost hear the nails getting hit on Wittenberg. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. Amen. I love it. That's awesome. Yeah. So if anybody does want to connect with you, you're at South Lewiston Baptist Church. Yep. SLBC.church. Okay. Come come find out more about us or go see, uh, go down to Lisbon Falls Baptist just down the road. Plenty of other churches in Lewis and Auburn area as well. And I'm very grateful for, for that. And uh, yeah. Hey Amen. We're not the only games in town. We're, we're actually on the same team. Yeah, that's right. We're not, we're not a competition, which is one of the other reasons to make this. So, Amen. Um, yeah. But if they want to connect you on social media, are you back on Twitter now? I'm on Twitter, Dad Dan Church, I think. Uh, at Dan Church. Okay. I think that's it. Facebook. And then Facebook. Yep. Just look for a good looking guy that looks like you. Um, Don't look for a good-looking guy. Good look, <laughs> look for a good-looking woman, my wife. But, uh, She's not there. Okay. Yeah, and then, then some weird guy, like Lyle Lovett and, or something anyway. But the next to the AMA, sorry. It's, it's a very uh, old uh, uh, cultural uh, reference kids moment. All right, and we didn't even get to sports, but as I'm in his office here, he was kind enough today. I see, unfortunately, the Washington right. Commanders. That- <laughs> I know them as the Washington Redskins. That's but right. Anyway, That's right. Um, but, I mean, hail as a clue to the Commanders. Hail to the something. Commanders. As, as a Cleveland Browns fan, and uh, Ooh, let's see, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, Syracuse. Uh, Syracuse, yeah. Yeah, my Braves are already out of the playoffs, baseball-wise. Your Indians, you know, hats off to you guys. Quality yeah, season. well. Overachieved, it, really, probably. It was you were was. You were at least a year early in terms of where you guys, so yeah, that, that's got to be good news for next it year. It was. So there, there's your little sports report also from a couple of past. There we go. Those are the kind of things. As the Cleveland talking. Guardians, by the way, I think I misspoke. Well, Oops. you know, it used to be the Indians. It's just like the, you know, the commanders. It's good. It's all good. So, all right. Well, it's great to have you. Thank, Thank you, you, Pastor Dan. Uh, for Northeast by Midwest, I'm Jonathan Jones. Until next time, have a great day.